Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Let's go to Hawke's Bay where Steve Wynn Harris is ready to solve the world's problems from a rural perspective. Hi, Steve. Hey, GCS, thanks. Good, really nice to talk to you. I really hey, enjoy... Yeah, go on, go on. Have you, on. Ever, have you ever, ever tried to sing that aha song in the shower? It's really high. R- yeah, it starts off okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it, and it goes high from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the funny thing is, when you sing along to the radio or sing along to uh, Spotify, CD, whatever... It, you sound really good. You feel like you're hitting those notes, eh? But, but then <laughs> yeah. if you ever find yourself on a karaoke stage, as I've discovered singing Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi, um, it's much higher than you think. Welcome, Steve. Here, nice here, to have you here. Here's a, here's a hint, because I've cleaned a lot of concrete water tanks out of my time in my farming career, because you yeah. just want to clean all that silt and debris out every few years. Man, you sound good inside a concrete water tank. Great. When you Bil- sing. Built-in yeah. reverb. Yeah. If if you're washing it, the silt out, like if you're washing... How do you get it out of the tank, the, the oh, dirty so, stuff? Oh, it's, it's a laborious process on your own. You have a ladder, like a forestry ladder, a skinny one that fits through the hole. You climb through the manhole and you just do it the old-fashioned way You just because you've got to get the water, you know, have it empty. And then you just get down there in the silt just with shorts on because it's a hot job at this time of the year. And you mm. just shovel up the silt and carry the 20-litre bucket up and tip it out. And a couple of times I've had it tip all back over myself. So, yeah, it's, a, it's a messy job, but it, someone has to do it, do you see? Oh, man, oh, man. Hey, Jesse, I've got, I've got breaking news. Go on. So you remember the last time we talked, it was fireball. You know, I'm now obsessed about fireballs and meteors and meteorites. Yeah. And fireballs are terror. So that, that was the end of last year. And, and you put me on to someone who um, told us about quite a significant fireball event coming up, and I understand that one was a bit of a bust. Yeah, well, it was a bit of a bust. <laughs> yeah, that was James Scott. He's, he and I are best mates now. He's a great guy. He's yeah. in Germany. We're always emailing each other all yeah. the time. Uh, yeah, well, it was, for, in terms of visual spectacle, it was rather disappointing. But the cameras, you know, captured these small, small, this small meteor swarm or storm. And it was the first, it was the first time that a, a new one had been predicted that was observed. So they wrote, they wrote a paper about it. So, you oh, yeah. know, New Zealand got a little, got a little paper out of it. So it was cool. But, but anyway, the whole point of this is to get freshly fallen meteorites on the ground so that science can analyze them and find mm. a lot about the solar system for, for formation four and a half billion years ago. Well, a fireball went over, the, and you might know about this because we gave you a heads up to try and get some video footage, went across the central North Island Sunday week ago, I forget the date, was it the 21st of January, at 12 minutes after nine, and my camera captured it, and we got some video footage from a fellow in nature in the end. That allowed our boffin to narrow it down, and I'm going to I'm going to give you this big scoop. But what we don't want everyone is rushing to this this town. It's private property and stuff, right? Yeah. So, but we're saying to the residents of this town, Kinlock, it's likely there's little bits of debris of meteorites scattered around Whoa. there. Keep your eyes open. Look around. Are there little? You know, because a lot of people will be going back to their holiday homes and stuff for the weekend, yeah. watching yeah. the weekend. Yeah. Is there some little black stones or some unusual stones, you know, on your roof or on your car shed or on the ground? Don't touch them. Take a photo, get them into the into a bag without touching them, and then go onto the Fireballs Atar Facebook page 
and get hold of Jesse. We're sending an investigator down there this weekend. Great, great. We'll go on. We'll go on the Kinlock Facebook page. Uh, he's going to be monitoring that, and um, he'll come round. He, this guy's an expert, and he knows what a meteorite is and what's a river stone. And he's probably going to be showing a lot of river stones and grey wacky and stuff like that, and pumice and stuff. But um, you never know. You never know. Thank you, Steve. And and will most of your uh, correspondence with us from now on include a meteorite <laughs> update? Do you think? <laughs> No problem. I just want to set expectations. I've become obsessed, and I've got, I've got a big. I've, we've got, we're launching something top secret, you know, in a few weeks. And, yeah. and, and if you, and if you, if you play, if play your cards right, I might, leave, I might give you the scoop. <laughs> Great. You've also, well, you've had your eye on the skies, not looking just for fireballs, but you're, uh, you're scratching your head about the weather and the climate forecasting. Yeah, well, set the scene. So over a year ago, I wrote a column uh, when I was still a rural columnist. Uh, I think it was December 2022, and I talked about the Tonga volcano and the amount of water it had put into the atmosphere because it was an underwater uh, volcano. This will sound a bit familiar to you. Anyway, I talked to you about it early in 2023. I could tell from your questioning that you were sceptical about my theory about Well, that, it's know. my job to be sceptical when someone with no meteorological training comes on national radio and tells people the Tongan volcano is affecting the weather. Yeah, hey, but I've, we've been doing this like seven years. <laughs> like, we're sort of buddies. We only met once, but you yeah. know, I'm a buddy, you know. You, yeah, you of course, be yeah. cutting me at the knees. Of course, but anyway, yeah. yeah. You, you, were, you, you were a bit Look, sceptical. the stronger yeah. I push against you, the harder I push against you, the better opportunity you have to m- make your case. Is that's my Yeah, well, view. anyway, you weren't the only one. Everyone poo-pooed me. And, and it had been extremely wet for a sort of six months or a year anyway. Nothing to do with the volcano, probably. Uh, but there was an Aussie paper. You know, this was a bit of science, and, and I got very into this. And, and I just said, it's going to remain wet, and everyone laughed and scoffed at me. And then, of course, we had the Auckland bloody event, and then we had Cyclone Hale, and then Cyclone Gabriel, and then it just mm. kept wet. So, you know, I don't want you calling me Nostradamus, but I might have got a bit lucky on that one. Yeah. So that's setting the scene. So then mm. everyone's <laughs> talking about the El Nino and the, and the huge drought we're going to have. And I was on a podcast in October with a weather forecast, a name I, I, won't, I won't say his name because he's a mate. I don't want to, I don't want to bloody, um, you know destroy his credibility. Yeah, yeah, by association. <laughs> and, you know, he's talking up a, a big game about the drought that's coming. And, and, I, and I, would, uh, I was being asked to do this podcast. And I, and I said, well, in this case, I was sceptical, you know, and I just said, look, Phil, I, um, I've, I've, you know, I've heard some droughts that have been forecast in, in my career, and there's a famous one where we set up a field at Pokawa, that's between Hastings and Waipukarau, and we put up a big marquee because we'd had a big El Nino in 82, 83, and it had been a stinker drought. So this is mm. like in the early 90s. Yeah. And there's another big El Nino, and it was coming, and it was going to be terrible. So we got all these climate scientists and weather forecasts down, and we're all popping ourselves about this drought. Well, we could not hear the speakers for the rain on the roof. And the, water was coming. <laughs> the water was coming in the side, and the electrics are shorting, shorting out. And So anyway, that drought never came. And then I said in the podcast, and then I've also, we've had lots of droughts that no one ever mentioned, you know. So I said, good luck, Phil. Uh, you know, you might be right. And in truth, Southern Wairapa, Wellington, Marlborough, Canterbury, they are, they're, they're pretty dry. They're, 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 they're struggling. The rest of us, have had plenty of rain, heap of feed. And Australians are a bit grumpy too because they had the same message, you know, El Nino's coming and... And it's going to be terrible drought and destock and get ready. And um, you know, a lot of them have been. It's had flooding and, and all sorts of weather events. So, I guess the message is: I'm, I'm not being critical of of our climate scientists because we're talking about climate it's, uh, predictions, not weather forecasting, right? So it's long yeah. term. 
it, it's not easy to get it right. Yeah, so a couple of questions. First of all, I know that you know the fact that it was raining when you had these uh, climate people down doesn't mean anything. Uh, uh, forecast, the climate people just tell you what the weather is going to tend to do more often rather than saying it's definitely not going to rain while we're having our seminar on. Um, <laughs> but, but the other thing is more of a question. At what point would you know as a farmer in Hawke's Bay whether you were having a drought this season or not? It's a good question. Um I mean, you know, yeah, you do. You know, it, it, droughts are very insidious. You know, we, you know, Cyclone Gabriel and, and big floods and things—they're dramatic um, events that, that, and in fact, give the weather forecast people. They they nailed Gabriel prediction because when they talked about a cyclone that was going to hit us, I had a look, and it's this tiny thing up in the Pacific. You know, and they had a path, and, and they absolutely nailed it. Their prediction was was right. So you know, I'm not putting the boot in all the time. <laughs> but yeah, you, you you know when it's a drought, when it is a drought. And it takes a long time, and it's just slowly sneaks up. And, and as a farmer, you've got to keep making decisions, like selling decisions and not buying, you know, in, uh, replacing decisions. And you might get that wrong, but you don't do it all at once. You just do it slowly, and then suddenly the drought breaks, or the you know the rain comes, and yeah. then, you know that's the trick of farming. But I, I guess, and, and yeah, so you just need to keep making those decisions. But you know, going back to all those forecasts and predictions that we've had. I mean, actually, a, dry, a hot, dry Hawke's Bay summer or even a drought's not the worst thing. But what is bad is if it goes into an autumn drought, we don't get an autumn. And, in fact, almost autumn droughts are worse because that doesn't give you the opportunity to build up feed and fatten up stock uh, going into the winter. You know, if you've got no feed in April, May, June, going into lambing and calving things, you're in trouble. I always learn something, Steve. Thank you very much. Very cool to have you on. And uh, good luck with this next little um, chapter in your fireball spotting career. We'll look forward to hearing about it next time. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. See you, mate. Steve Wynn Harris on Solving the World's Problems on Afternoons here on RNZ National. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.